0: Hello and welcome to Technology and the Arts, a podcast exploring the connections between technology and art. Episode 74 of the podcast features lightly edited audio from a live Google Plus Hangout on air, conducted October 6, 2014. In this installment, we focus on the global gallery, how technology has allowed artists in nearly all genres to easily share their works with an international audience. All of that and more is just ahead on Technology and the Arts for Wednesday, October 15th, 2014. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Kelly and John Lemazny. Hello and welcome to another episode of Technology and the Arts. My name is Brian Kelly. And I'm John Lemazny. And together we are going to explore the connections between technology and art. This week, <laughs> not what I posted just now when we uh, put up the uh, the post for this episode. We're going to talk about the global gallery and how technology and digital media platforms allow for the sharing of creative works around the world. Not artist sport, which is next week's discussion topic. Uh, so we will, um, you know, we'll talk about that next week. But before we get to talking about the global gallery. John, it's good to see you again. How are you doing? Good to see you, too, Brian. How are you? (laughs) I've been better. (laughs) Thanks for asking, though. Uh, What have you been up to?
1: Well, um, quite honestly, more of the same. It's uh, a lot of client work. Uh, September is an exciting time for um, helping people with technology. A lot of people, especially in academia and business, are... um, excited to do new things in September. It's, it is it is the starting point for many. So um, I've been excited about the things that I'm helping people to do, uh, mostly with new projects and uh, new outlooks.
0: And um, it's good. How about you? Well, uh, I... Uh... Did another race uh, this past weekend. I, I did the XPN uh, Musicians on Call Benefit 5K, which was uh, which is interesting. It was a uh, it's kind of a cool thing. They did it. They had a post race dance party at uh, World Cafe Live downstairs, and uh, you know the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they go to the high school reunion and 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 do the dance routine. Yeah. And they think that they were awesome, and it turns out they were terrible. Yep. Well, that's that's what I was witnessing. I, I was witnessing. <laughs> I was witnessing a lot of people who seemed to think that they thought they looked better dancing than they actually did. And it was funny. Eric Bazilian of the Hooters uh, was had his uh the Eric Bazilian Man Band, uh, which also featured Dave Wasek and the drummer for the Hooters. Um, he, he was setting up as the party was coming to an end, and I just saw him, like, stop and, like, look out at the people, and I got this sense that he was like, man, I haven't felt this embarrassed for anybody since we dressed up in those different colored, you know, outfits when we were with the Hooters back in the 80s, so, uh, it was was a little, that was a little bizarre, but it was kind of cool, because afterwards, I, I got an invite to, um, uh, 10 years, they're celebrating the 10th anniversary of world cafe live and XPN moving into that building and, um, and partnering with the, uh, the developer who, who, uh, came up with the idea for world cafe live and having XPN call up their home. Uh, but five years ago, they did a secondary cam campaign, uh, the campaign for music. And I contributed to that. And because I did, they sent me a, a an invite. It was like an invitation only event. And, um, uh, uh, this, uh, Icelandic singer-songwriter, uh, Asgir, who is getting pretty steady play on XPN for a while now. Um, he, uh, opened the show and I was pretty excited to see him. I, I, I like his stuff. And, um, that's A-E-S, oh no, sorry, A-S-G-E-I-R, Asgir. Um, And then, uh, Mike Doty, an old favorite of mine, was, uh, the second on the bill, but I left after that because I, you know, it was a long day at that point. So, but I saw Mike Doty play, so that was fun. Uh, other thing is uh, another thing keeping me busy and keeping me distracted to the point where I totally blew off the global gallery, uh, (laughs) uh, notes for this episode and went ahead the next week. But, uh, I, I, I don't know if I've actually mentioned where I am working now, but I am uh, uh, doing marketing and PR for the George street playhouse in uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey and our the first play of our main stage season uh, outside Mullingar is uh, opening uh, tomorrow night, actually uh, yeah. Tuesday, October 7th and uh, opening night. Th- these are, Those are the previews uh, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. And then, Friday is the uh, opening night, um, which is like an all hands on deck type thing. So every, it's been kind of crazy, and, and in the middle of that, we started um, we we uh, entered into a contract with an interactive marketing, a digital marketing firm, and uh, we're having all sorts of issues with uh, getting the uh, pixels on our website, you know, capturing the the data. Um, our our online ticket um, retail system is not functioning correctly, so What's they're not, they're not capturing any purchases. They're not they're not capturing the conversions at the purchase the point of purchase. So that's a little bit of an issue. But I mean, our sales were ridiculous today. So what
1: hopefully. are you using in order to capture?
0: We're using the you know the Google and and Facebook provided uh, you know. Tags, the or actually, You're using we, we, we're, in order to sell tickets. What was that?
1: You're using Facebook in order to sell
0: and capture. No, 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 no. no. We're using we're we have the ad campaign set up on Facebook and through Google, and we have the uh, the, the the code that goes into you know the HTML files. Um, so you have a
1: campaign
0: with Google Analytics. It's Google. It's a banner ad thing. It's, it's, it's Google Ads. Okay. Google AdWords, and well, we're doing Google AdWords, too, but this is Google Ads. This is advertising. So with,
1: with that advertisement on Google um, AdWords, you have a campaign that you are collecting
0: upon? Right. You, you, you're, we're supposed to be able to track, like, all the different conversions where, so say on Facebook, somebody sees our ad, they click somewhere on the ad. It doesn't even have to be the link. If they click on the picture, they click anywhere in the post, it, it registers as a conversion because they it's got a the click out of it. His link, it's link, it's link. Right. But if they click on the link and go to the webpage, then we can track where they are as far as, you know, buying the tickets. And then if they take it all the way through to completion and, and buy the tickets, we're supposed to get, you know, it's supposed to capture that data through this pixel yeah. that is placed on the page but
1: in order to in order to create your campaign are you using the campaign creation tool
0: we're using the yeah facebook ad manager and the power editor
1: are you using uh, google's anal- they're, google... they're
0: they're handling the google banner ads they're handling that aspect at this point who is the company that we're working with
1: okay and you're not getting the results that you expect
0: they're not getting the data they can't they can't tell how many people are actually buying tickets from the ads because at that point it drops off our regular website has it all on there but our ticketing website is something different and i personally put the code on there and put the pages where i was told that is the server but apparently that's not the case because uh, I can look on those fi- at those files mm-hmm. on the server on the, on the supposed server web server, mm-hmm. and the code is there. But if I go to those same files through a web browser, the source code does not show it. So those are obviously different files. You so I don't, know. I don't know where they are, but I have to find out tomorrow because the person who would know uh, was not in today
1: you and I should have a conversation
0: offline. Probably. Yeah. But, you know, that was, I actually, we kind of did. I, I'm starting, I'm hoping to get to that point with them. <laughs> 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 but anyway, it, things have just been busy and crazy and sick kid. And there's all sorts of enterovirus lurking around, especially in this area. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been kind of stressful because, you know, a little, a little eye irritation, you know, could lead to something very bad very quickly, apparently. And, uh, we've been kind of freaking out about that. So, yeah, not, not much sleep going on these days here. But anyway, let's move forward and dive into our main topic for this episode, which again is not artist sport. It is the idea of technology and social media platforms opening doors to a global gallery where creative artists can share their work with an international audience. John, you want to start out, especially since I don't really have anything right now?
1: Sure. So um, the two things that I wanted to talk about were the idea of uh, WordPress as a portfolio and the fact that simply using WordPress, uh, being able to have free access to a system that allows for the development of a, um, a survey of whatever it is that you want to share is amazing. And um, combined with something like YouTube, where uh, you have both audio, visual, and then video um, – combined with WordPress where you can collect it all and share it all is kind of an exciting idea. Um, I'm excited about this time in particular because we have the ability to have a global gallery very, very easily. Even if you were just to use something like Tumblr, uh, that would be enough to have that global gallery. But, with a tool as powerful as WordPress, especially combined with something like YouTube, you uh, really run into a situation where you are as powerful as anybody was 15, 20 years ago with a full-blown um, television station. And it's it's amazing how much power we have.
0: All right. And I guess personally, um, you know, as a musician, I mean, you have, uh, SoundCloud, which is my, uh, tool of choice, uh, for posting my music, uh, you know, I guess for more professional musicians who are looking to, to sell product, although it not ripping people off like the, uh, major labels. Uh you have, you know, Bandcamp and and the like, but um and, and, I, and I think another um aspect of it is you know, the the crowdfunding aspect of it. I mean, now not only can you, you know, display uh your creative works, but you can get funding for it through um uh, online platform, online platforms like Kickstarter and, uh, was it Indiegogo? And, uh, what's the pledge? Uh, uh, what is the pledge music.com? So for, uh, you know, for musicians, you know, you can actually get benefactors for your art and then share that art through the world. So, I mean, there's, there's another aspect to it as, as well.
1: Well, very interesting. I mean, we we live in an amazing time,
0: and I, I think the next. And I guess we kind of have in a in a. I mean, we have YouTube, but I guess and and it does support live video. Um. Well, no, we didn't talk about Vine. Sure. I mean, look, look at all the you know, we we discussed last season. Uh, you know, some of the great works going on on Vine, although then they kicked the, the girl off. And I don't think she really came back to any, but um, I was actually just on Vine. There, there are some, you know, still some funny things, but that seems to have run its course a little bit.
1: It It is a particular um, play in social media. Like we, we, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but the, the idea of Vine is, it makes sense in the context of Twitter, right? It's the compact way that you can present information. It's, it's about truncation. And um, in the same way that you can have a two-hour video on YouTube, you can have a, you know, however many second video on Vine it's the limitation that is the excitement of that you're you're not going to be stuck watching a 2-hour video on vine and you're just not
0: all right let's, let's try to extend, <laughs> extend this a little more you know we when we when we put these things that it seemed like we had so much to talk about but um so let's let's try to think abstractly uh of, of the ramifications of the global gallery. Um, when was, as an artist, when was the first time you became aware of the power that that the internet and social media, especially, um, allowed people to, you know, have a global reach with their, with their art. Well, um,
1: I guess. It was the first time I was introduced to the Internet. It it was, you know, I, I was sitting in front of a computer and I was looking at what other people were putting out and realized that it was this endless channel, you know, where you can speak to whoever you want to about whatever it is that you want to speak about. And, um, we had never had that opportunity before. It was, uh, Gutenberg's dream. I'm um, sorry. Um, it, it, it was a dream of the forebears who, who made printing possible and, and it, it was an amazing time and, I think that we sort of take it for granted now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I also think it's, you know, I think you have people really stretching the limits. Um, I mean, not that they didn't before, but, I mean, there's I, – I think now you're being exposed a, a lot more easily – um, to other cultures and other you know other countries and, and what they're doing and I, I think you see a lot more uh cross cultural stuff going on and you know experimental i think that's it's also played a, a, a part in uh or, or that's actually played a role in the development of the global gallery
1: i i think too that we have not yet um gotten past the novelty of it. I I think that we are, we've been introduced to the idea, we've been given a platform, but I don't think that we understand it to the degree that we need to in order to build on top of it. It's almost like being shown a hammer and saying, well, obviously I can use this to smash this rock. But, you don't necessarily get the finesse of what you can do with that tool until you have some time
0: to think about it. There was a um, trying to – yeah, see, I am not – All right, let's let's see if I can uh, find out what this is all about. Uh, there's there's something that, that struck me. When we we're talking about the global gallery and and the, the, the yeah you know, the curation of, of galleries and uh, and XPN. Okay, let me. This is actually something new that they're do- doing. Uh, it's a it's a marketing campaign. It's the first ever marketing campaign that they're doing, and it's called Vinyl at Heart. They partnered with some uh, company, and they are just starting to get it going. Um, and they were talking about it at the uh, 5K, the and the uh, 10th anniversary concert I, I attended. And there, it's a to raise awareness uh, to attract new listeners. They're they're kind of like uh, at 28,000. Uh, members and they're something, somewhere around there and they're, they're trying to get to 30,000 um, by uh, in the next year or two and the Vinyl of Heart campaign is kind of uh, taking aim at uh, Pandora and Spotify and trying to take back the, the you know, like I say in this press release, technology is a wonderful thing, but it can come at a cost. And um, it, there's a downside to technology where, you know, the art from albums is getting lost. Um, so they're trying to kind of fill that void and kind of bring back that art. I mean, it's kind of not on topic, but it's, you know, it's uh, it's kind of interesting that they're trying to, Save one art form through technology, which has kind of gotten rid of that art form. But um, all right, I'm trying to think of some other things here. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: um, I I think that we have a great opportunity with the internet as it is to uh, have this global gallery opportunity. I I think that if we take the opportunity that we always had um, for having a local gallery and expand it to invite anybody who has an opinion on uh, creativity to comment, then all of a sudden we, we start to make use of this larger sense of stage you know if uh, we we have an opportunity to invite comment we have an opportunity to get feedback and it's whether or not we decide to make use of it
0: right and you know uh i'm thinking to our google plus uh uh friends uh there's that environmentally friendly artists uh page uh yeah, you know, and and that's something else that, that that brings to it. Now, I mean, instead of jetting off to shows, I mean, you can, although that's not going to really stop, but you know, now you can put your stuff up online, and you still can get your presence known. So you can use it to reduce your your personal carbon footprint. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to it's not going to you know probably do much, but every little bit helps. So. I-
1: I think, too, that um, while we are talking about sort of traditional artistic endeavors, right, painting, sculpture, um, Mm -hmm. I think that by the expansion of the medium by digital means that the creative work becomes infinite. It, It becomes not limited to a two-dimensional format or even a three-dimensional format, but um, we expand our minds to understand that there's a fourth dimension, right? The fourth dimension is time. And uh, the idea that we are unlimited in the way that we present creative work uh, in the Internet, whereas before we were really very limited to a room, or uh, a series of rooms.
0: Yeah, and, he, and here's another thought that just came to my my mind with that you know the luckily yeah the technology um, rises. How about the idea of um, you know something being being designed um, on the computer, and then you have a three D printer in some gallery somewhere, and it actually prints the you know the actual physical piece and they can just you know put it onto a, a base and 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 suddenly you have your you have a physical uh exhibit you know from the comfort of your own studio
1: i feel like they're doing that next month at Philadelphia Museum of Art uh just because that seems like the sort of thing <laughs> that would be done yeah you know, exit through the gift shop and get your piece of work made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh. I don't know that that's an improvement, but <laughs> uh, it it certainly is something that um, I think will begin to transform the idea. I could I could perfectly see something like that happening happening at um, the Philadelphia Museum of Art, where you know there's a Station somewhere in a show where you manipulate a piece of clay, and by the time that you exit the gift shop, you know, it's ready there for you to buy. Right. But I feel like also that's a fairly limited way of thinking about how. Because the audience for that piece is you, right? And that's it's it's it certainly uses technology, but and it's it spends money (laughs) but does not necessarily increase the audience for that work. Whereas, you know, if there were if the three dimensional model for that piece is being recorded uh, that could very easily be shared online, sort of like, you know, what's being made at the Philadelphia Museum right now, and you know, where you get a a three-dimensional model of the piece that was just handcrafted by somebody, so that you could print it on your own 3D printer. That's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. I have a feeling this is something like this will be coming to art all night at some point soon.
1: Yeah. It'll be right next to the, uh,
0: the silent disco. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm out of ideas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we should... I have, I have, I have, I have a lot of stuff to get done this week. It's crazy. Um, but um, hey, if anybody wants to see a, a fantastic romantic comedy set in Ireland, get yourself to gsponline.org and get some tickets for Outside Mullingar, which is by um, John Patrick Shanley, who uh, wrote Moonstruck and Doubt. So, uh, you know, and this one's, this is a lot of, there's a reviewer who calls kind of, they, they call this the Irish Moonstruck. Oh, nice. So, it's, the, uh, and it's a great cast. Um, John Bolger, Ellen McLaughlin, uh, Patricia Conley, and David Schram, who, um, People may remember from uh, the NBC show Wings, he played uh, Roy Biggins, the uh, rival airline owner/slash operator, I guess. So uh, it's a it's a great cast, and I, I've I've seen a couple. of – I saw the table read, and I saw run through. So it's, uh, it's 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 funny, but then there's you know there's a lot of emotional stuff at the at the end with some laughs thrown in just to break the, the tension, but, uh, it's, 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 a there's a bit of dark comedy, which, you know, is typical of Irish dramatic works. So
1: we've had a dark history.
0: Yes. So, um, uh, so yeah, so that's what I've been working on this week. And some other things going on and trying to come up with some new ideas over there. So it's been, it's been a little, a little crazy. So, but I have a whole bunch of things to talk about next week <laughs> that are already in our outline. Great. And they're very interesting. So you, you, you'll, you'll want to stay tuned for that.
1: I, I'm excited about it.
0: So uh, that concludes this weird episode of technology in the arts thank you for joining us Uh, again next week we're going to discuss art as sport uh, and taking a look at some of the more competitive aspects of the artistic world in the meantime you can stay up to date on the latest happening with the show by visiting technologyinthearts.com liking our Facebook page going to our Google Plus page following us on Twitter at tech underscore arts you can subscribe to our YouTube channel or search for us via your favorite podcatcher. We suggest iTunes, Pocket Cast, or Stitcher. And I'm hoping to get last week's podcast and this week's podcast up on by Friday morning. So, And remember, uh, for your, all your personal or organizational technology and design needs, visit lamazni.com. Until next time, for Technology in the Arts, this is Brian Kelly. And this is John Leslie, Take care. The thoughts and views expressed by the hosts of Technology and the Arts do not necessarily represent those of guests of the program. Conversely, the thoughts and views expressed by guests of Technology and the Arts do not necessarily represent those of the hosts. For more information about the podcast you have just heard, please visit Technology and the Arts on the web at technologyandthearts.com.